0: Today, Luke chapter 2, we've been talking about good news, that Jesus came to bring us good news. No matter your position in life, your struggles in life, your problems in life, how you came into this room, what your background is, what your issues are, we are all in desperate need of some good news. And Jesus came not to lay down some rules or to do some of the things you think he might have done, but Jesus came to bring us good news. He came to bring you good news. And through our time together today, he's trying to do that over and over again. He doesn't want this to be old news, stale news. It's certainly not bad news. He wants to give you good good news. news. Jesus wants to give you good news today. Who wants some good news? You need some good news? Okay, thank you. Let's get some good news today. We've seen five ways Jesus has given us good news so far. I'm going to go over them real quick. The first is that you can be certain. You don't have to wonder about the afterlife, heaven, hell, the Bible, whether God is true, whether Jesus is who he says he is. Jesus came in history, time and space to reveal himself to you so that you can be certain of these important truths. Number two, that nothing is impossible with God. Though your situation may be difficult, though things may look bad and dreary, we learn from the Bible that he used a virgin womb to give birth to the Savior. Nothing is impossible with God. Number three, God keeps his promises. Unlike anybody you've ever met in your entire life, God has never failed on any of his promises. He keeps them all from beginning to end. Number four, that there is a path to peace. This is good news in the midst of our chaos, struggle, anxiety, that God has given us through Jesus a path to real supernatural peace. And finally, number five, that God is in control. Nothing's happening by accident. You don't have to manipulate your life to turn out how you'd like it to turn out. You don't have to worry. God is in control through everything in the world. God is in control. Now today, the good news is this you can have great joy. Is anybody thank you? There's one person that likes to have joy in their life. Y'all, you can have great joy. You can have it. It can be yours. You can have great joy. And some of you came into this holiday season, maybe like you do every year, maybe this year is different, really struggling because the holidays bring great sadness. The holidays remind you of somebody that you lost. The holidays remind you of your struggle. The holidays remind you that you feel lonely, that life is not working out like you thought it would. The holidays come and people around you are so happy. All these families look like they're having a good time and you feel like you're missing out. When we say you can have joy, the holidays for you bring you sadness And you walked into this room feeling sad, depressed, anxious, lonely, upset, disappointed maybe. And I want you to know that's okay. You're safe to feel those things here. It's okay to be upset, to be depressed, to be lonely, to be worried. The Lord wants to meet you in that place, not tell you just don't feel that way. He's not going to tell you, oh, it's just okay. No, no, no. Jesus wants to meet you in that spot and bring you his joy bring you his presence, bring you his peace. He wants to take those little pieces of your life that you feel like are falling apart. He wants to put them back together little by little and help you meet him. He wants to encounter you here. He wants to bring you joy. You know, I think about when my kids open a present that they don't like, which has never happened. They're super thankful all the time. They're just really, you know, thank you, Father. You're just, this is perfect every time. But when, they, when the occasion happens, when I see somebody else's kids open gifts they don't like, um, uh, uh, it's really funny to watch their face y'all see the kids face you know they're so excited I'm being so excited to open a present you know it's like a present for a four year old is like the most amazing thing so I'm get getting ready to open it and it's like oh. and they're thinking like what is this why did they get this for me and then they realize it's setting in they begin to palpate You know, and it depends on where they're at and their self control level of life. And they express themselves through poutiness. Maybe they try to muster up some courage. Thank you. You know, they try to be good. But they're so disappointed. And I know many of you, honestly, maybe a silly word picture, but that's how you feel about life right now.
1: You're like opening it
0: up, you know, and it's just disappointing you. The people around you are disappointing you. You You're excited about something, maybe a job, maybe something, and that's disappointed you. You just feel like life is a big disappointment and i want you to know that jesus came to redeem restore and fix all the sad things jesus came to bring life and joy into your disappointment and he offers us eternal life for that to be true forever but he also says that abundant life in him is possible now so we look forward to heaven yes and amen but jesus is available now the presence of jesus the power the joy of jesus is available now and so i want to encourage you today i hope this ministers to your heart that Jesus came to bring you great joy. So let's look at Luke 2, and we'll just see a couple things. Luke 2, 8 through 21. In the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. I'm going to read that one again. Good news of great joy that will be for all people. Not some people, all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was an angel with a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace amongst those with whom he is pleased. And when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste. They found Mary and Joseph and a baby lying in a manger. When they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. And at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. So, all we're going to do with this is take that phrase, break it down, and look at it through the text. Good news of great joy for all people. So, good news. We've already covered this every week, but it's a good reminder. Jesus did not come to give us bad news, but good news. In the midst of your life that may be filled with bad news or fake news, Jesus comes to bring us good news. We don't want to take good news for granted. We receive good news. But here's the kicker. We're going to talk about it all sermon. It's only good if you got it. And it only brings joy if you try it. This is good news of great joy. But it's only good if you got it. And it only brings joy if you try it. So that's what we're going to break down today. <clears throat> so the first thing, joy, great joy. It only brings joy if you try it. I love this. This is one of my favorite things to talk about in the world. My whole life, changed around this concept i once believed god to be true to be the savior i thought the facts were correct but i was misunderstanding the fact that he was my joy and my pleasure you think right i go to the world to find pleasure i go to god to get forgiveness and these are the facts but then you begin to realize in the scriptures that god is after my joy god is not boring god is not mad all the time at me god is after my joy And the more I began to understand that I find all my joy in Jesus Christ, the more my life began to radically change. And it became a real relationship and not a set of rules or a religion to follow. So let me give you some of my favorite verses with this. You should write them down. I hope you have your Luke book. This is a free gift to you. Please use it. Bring it. Remember, a sermon is a cherry on top. Man shall not live by sermons alone, okay? You got to read the Bible. You got to meet the Lord for yourself. Psalm 47, you have put more joy in my heart than they have when their wine and grain abound. Psalm 4, 7. You have put more joy in my heart, what's a simple way to say this, than when they have a party. Right? Man, their party is lit. They are going crazy. It looks like they're having a good time. And you're looking at that saying, that looks amazing, happy, ecstatic, joyful, whatever words you want to use. And then he's looking at it and saying, Jesus, God, you have put more joy in my heart than they have when they're doing that. Isn't that amazing? We think, we've made the mistake of thinking that the world offers us something that Jesus doesn't. We've made the mistake of thinking that we can go get something from the world that Jesus doesn't already have. And have it better. And have it to the best degree. What he's saying here is Jesus already has the joy you are seeking. And it's a way better kind, which we're going to see. John 15, 11. write this one down. I have spoken these things to you. This is Jesus saying this to his disciples. That my joy may be in you and that your joy may be, say it with me, full. I have spoken these things to you so that my rules could be burdensome and so that you could be unhappy. I have told you to be pure so that you're frustrated every day. I have told you to live a certain life so that you can be mad all the time made fun of, rejected. No, but isn't that what we believe? But God, how could you restrict my joy by that commandment? God, what are you doing? And Jesus is literally summing up his teaching to his disciples. He's about to go to the cross. He's with them in this intimate moment. He's literally putting a bow on top of everything he's ever said to them. Everything. And look at this. I have spoken all these things to you, Jesus says. Everything I've ever said to you. Ever. I have spoken these things. Why? What is Jesus' ultimate purpose? That my joy, Jesus says, which is perfect. You imagine the kind of joy Jesus has? He always gets his way. He's He's God. He's in control. He's perfectly happy. He doesn't need anything else. He doesn't need anybody else. You know God doesn't need us to be happy. We understand that, right? He didn't make us to fill some hole in his life. God made us to pour love on us, to extend himself to us. God doesn't need us to be happy. God is always happy, perfectly happy. And Jesus says, I want to take that happiness, that joy, and put it in you. And you know what it's going to do to you? Fill you up. Of course. Over and over again. Your soul and body cannot even contain the happiness of God. That's why you need an eternity to experience it. You ever thought about this? It's not like you show up to heaven and you get it all at once. And the next day, you're like, what are we going to do now? No. Eternity is God continually unveiling himself. Oh, wow, that's new. That's awesome. Wow, God, you're so amazing. God has so much joy. He's so perfect. He's so wonderful that our little bodies and souls can't contain it. So when God gives us his joy, he fills us up. And we take what we can get for now. But eternity is experiencing the joy that God can give you every day or if there's days or whatever, forever. It's a continual unfolding of joy, right? So get the idea out of your head that it's like boring or angels sitting on you know clouds and you're like, I have to sing every day, all day? What does that look like? No, man, get rid of all that. Say, God wants to give me my joy every day. When I get to heaven, it's gonna be that kind of experience. Something to look forward to, but it's something to enjoy now too at some level. So Jesus teaching you, I've spoken these things to you to give you joy. John 16, 23, 24, as he prepares to go to the cross and leave, He says this, you will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will turn into, say it with me, joy. I will see you again, and your hearts will rejoice. And get this, no one will take your joy from you. You got that kind of joy? The kind of joy your boss can't steal? The kind of joy your spouse can't steal? The kind of joy your health can't steal? The kind of joy your family can't steal. The kind of joy problems can't steal. The kind of joy worries can't steal. Look at this. No one and nothing will take your joy from you. That's the kind of joy Jesus wants you to live in. That's what makes Christians unique. We can be in the midst of chaos and be filled with the presence and joy of God. This is our testimony to the world. He says, "Ask and you will receive, here it is again, that your joy may be full. Not half full, not some joy, but full. Do y'all hear me? Anybody say? People don't believe this. Y'all understand that? Do you believe this? Our life would be very different. My life would be very different if I walked around believing this every day. Like, honestly. It would be very different. Psalm 1611 is my very favorite. Anybody who's known me for two seconds knows this verse. You have made known to me the path of life, and your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. You want to be fully happy and to be fully happy forever? Follow Jesus. This is amazing. This is amazing. I love my little illustration for this. is uh, I use especially with like yeah, young adults or youth groups. It's cotton candy and batteries, okay? So when you think about Psalm 1611, think about cotton candy and batteries, okay? God, here it says, joy that's full and pleasures that are forever. So cotton candy gives you joy for how long? For a second, maybe. You know, the interesting thing about cotton candy is you don't even digest anything. It, literally, it gives you no no, nothing. It gives you nothing, bad or good, just nothing. It just disappears. You know? It gives you cavities here, I guess, but it, it gives you nothing. Nothing happens. So you feel good for a minute or two, but it gives you nothing in the long run, and that's exactly how the world does. The world is giving you cotton candy, and we're taking it, and then we're upset when we're not satisfied. We're not full because only Jesus can fill you up. The world gives you cotton candy, and the world gives joy like batteries. Batteries don't, no matter if it's the everlasting energizer bunny, last forever. Batteries don't last forever. They're temporary. They can only go so far. They can only make it so far. And as soon as you're a parent, you realize this, because all my life is buying batteries for toys. The batteries are more expensive than the toy. Uh, 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 maintaining the toy is like maintaining a car. I buy batteries every three seconds. We just got this choo-choo train, and literally, we've had it one day. And the kids ran it all night, left it on, and I had to replace the batteries the next morning. Four AA batteries, you know, that's like six bucks, All right. Like, if I have to spend $6 every day until Christmas, oh, come on, man, that's like... This train said it was $20, but it really cost me 200 This is not acceptable. These batteries don't last forever, but this is the same with the world. It may taste like cotton candy for a minute, and it may last for a little while, but the world cannot hear me. It is impossible, impossible, impossible for anything or anyone other than God to give you joy that lasts forever. A joy that no one can take from you. A joy that nothing can take from you. And some of you, hear me, you're running on cotton candy and batteries. And you come in here frazzled. Because that's how you would be if you were eating real cotton candy. And you're so anxious and wound up and sad and frustrated and upset and empty. And it's because you're not receiving the joy Jesus wants to give you. You have allowed your circumstances to tell you how much joy you can have. You have allowed yourself and your abilities to tell you how much joy you can have. You've allowed somebody around you to tell you how much joy you can have. And you've tried to find it a thousand other ways, but you haven't gone to the one source. And you come in here and you're frustrated. You show up on Sunday. You get a hit. It's like a little bit of joy for you. You go back to your cotton candy and batteries. You get frustrated all week. You come back. You get a hit. Go back to your cotton candy. You get frustrated all week. Come back and get a hit. And what I'm telling you is you don't need Pastor Nate or a church service as great as this is to experience joy in Jesus. You can have this every day, all day, forever. This is a real, real thing that is available to you that you will experience perfectly in heaven, but to some degree now, and so many of us, so many of us are leaving joy on the table and trying to follow rules and be religious and it's not working. And so many of us are leaving joy on the table, real joy, and we're taking it from the world and we're frustrated and empty. Jesus is just standing there, like, arms wide open. (laughs) I'm here. That's what he's doing probably to you this morning, to say, I'm here. Like, right here, right now. I'm offering myself to you. So get off the cotton candy. Take the steak. Right? Get off the batteries and take the LED lights. They'll last a while. You know, take, I can't hear anything, it'll last forever. So that's the best thing I got. But go ahead and take these things from me. This is what Jesus is offering you now. You thought you came to church, to be a good religious person, but you came to church to be happy. What are the odds? I want you to really believe this. Now, does this dismiss the fact that we're going to cry and have sorrow and struggles? Of course not. What does he say? Your sorrow will come, but your sorrow will turn into joy. With Psalm 126, sadness may come for the night, but joy comes in the morning. This is the reality that God is always redeeming our struggles, not that life will be painless. All right, so joy, real joy. So the last thing is for all people. Good news, great joy for all people. Let me show you two different types of people. The first is the outcast. Jesus came to bring joy to the outcast. I love this. you got to read the Bible and think. He comes. He's announcing the Son of God. Look in verse 8. And he shows up to a field full of shepherds. Shepherds. The Savior of the world is coming. The first people to hear about his birth are Shepherds, now think for a second. If you wanted to make a big announcement that you wanted to impact the world, would you go to Nebraska and a bunch of farms, find a bunch of farmers, and tell them first, I'm going to break this news to you guys. They ain't got Twitter. They I mean, don't They're on Instagram. They're, they're plowing fields. Would you, no. Would you show up with this great news to people that were ostracized from society, would you take your best news and go under the bridge downtown somewhere and find five homeless people that are struggling and tell them first the very best news? No. But what does God do? God could have shown up in the city, could have shown up at Caesar's house, he could have sent an angel to go anywhere he wants. He could have told anybody first. But he told a group of shepherds. Shepherds back then, you need to understand, were outcasts of society. The reason they were in the fields is because people didn't want them to be around them. This was a place of outcasts. Shepherds were, generally speaking, a group of outcasts. Dirty, manual labor jobs, outside in the fields, disrespected. And God says, I'm going to show up to a group of shepherds. I'm going to show up and make my announcement to the outcasts. I'm going to show up and make my announcement to people who somebody else would never tell. I am going to do the opposite of what everyone else will do. This is what Jesus shows us here. He shows up for the outcasts. He comes for those that have been ostracized from society. And think about what we've read so far. The Savior of the world is coming. And what does God do? Well, the first thing he does is he tells a virgin woman that she's going to give birth. And then he tells a barren woman that she's going to give birth to prepare the way. The baby, the savior of the world, is not born in a mansion or in government housing or somewhere with prestige. The manger, the baby, is born in a manger, in a stable. And the initial announcement now is delivered to a group of shepherds. Think about it. This is not the way we would do it. These people aren't important enough. They don't have enough status for us to deem them worthy of this announcement and to be central to this plan. But Jesus is teaching us something here. He was teaching us the whole time that Jesus has his eye on the outcast. That Jesus favors the down and out. That Jesus does ministry amongst those who have been forgotten. And that when Jesus wants to deliver good news, he tells the people who wouldn't get it first. So if that's you in the room, you came in here feeling like an outcast, to church, an outcast because of your life, an outcast because of the way you look, I don't know, an outcast. If you feel like the world doesn't receive you and you feel like you're not good enough for church, let me hear you. First of all, we're all a bunch of jokers. If you knew everybody's problem, you'd be, woo, you know, you'd be, oh man, they're messed up, you know messed up. I'm just telling you, we are messed up people. By the grace of God, we're becoming something. And at the same time, God says, I got my eye on you. The world may not see you, but God does. The world may not recognize your value, but God does. The world may not show love to you, but God does. And this is the unique, unique thing about Jesus. When he says for all people, he means it. You know, when, politi- when politicians say they love diversity, they only mean it a certain way, whatever it is for their agenda. When Jesus says, man, I love all people for all people, that's exactly what he means. No matter where you come from, no matter what you've done, Jesus is for you. So he comes for the outcast. Secondly, he comes for the fearful. Get this. This is the first thing. Imagine, imagine being a shepherd in a field, minding your own business, doing your shepherding work. And all of a sudden, an angel appears with a crowd of angels. They start talking to you. The first thing they do, obviously, is they're afraid. They were fearful, and the angel of the Lord said, fear not. And what I love as we learn about this journey is as soon as they received instructions and they began to play out the message, we learn that what started with fear turned into joy when they took the path to Jesus. Starting with fear turned into joy when they followed God's directions and took the path that led to Jesus. And this is true for us. What started with fear for you can turn into joy if you hear God's directions and take the path that leads to Jesus. The path to joy is the path to Jesus. And if you're afraid, and if you're wondering what God... Take the path to Jesus, go directly to him, receive what he has for you, receive his salvation, receive his presence, go to him, be in his word. The path to joy is the path to Jesus, What started with fear, turned to joy when they took the path to Jesus. And so many of us take our fear, try to use our control and make our own path somewhere. We end up somewhere else and we do it again. It doesn't work. And so no matter what path you're on today, it's not going to work out. I want to encourage you that Jesus wants to meet you in your fear. He wants to say fear not, and he wants to lead you on a path to Jesus. And that's where you're going to find your abundant life. Finally, he comes for the outcast. He comes for the fearful. He comes for everyone. Let me give you a few verses, and we'll close. Revelation 5-9, and they sang a new song, saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and open its seals, for you were slain. And by your blood you ransom people for God from every tribe, language, and people, and nation. Everyone. Everyone, get this, no matter what you have done. Look at this, 1 Timothy 1, 5, 15-16. You may be thinking, well, not for me. You don't know what I've done. 1 Timothy 1, 5, 15-16. The saying is trustworthy, deserving of full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Equal opportunity, okay? We are all sinners. Of whom, Paul says, I am the worst, the foremost. But, Paul says, I receive mercy for this reason, for this moment. Paul got mercy, so I can tell you this right now, that in me, as the foremost, as the worst sinner I can imagine, Jesus Christ might display his perfect patience as an example to those who are to believe in him for eternal life. Paul was literally murdering Christians. Jesus shows up and extends him grace. And the reason Jesus does that is so 2,000 years later, I can look at you and tell you, I don't care what you've done. Jesus wants to be gracious to you. There's nothing too bad, nothing too far, nothing too hard for God's grace to overcome. He is here. He is speaking to you. He wants to meet you and save you. Jesus, life, death, and resurrection is enough for your salvation, no matter what you have done. So Paul literally lived that life. Jesus did that to him, so you can hear this message now. But no matter how far you may be, no matter what you have done, Jesus is welcoming you in. If you would say yes.
1: The last one, I like this too. How far away
0: you may be. So no matter what you've done, or no matter how far you are, Hebrews 7.25 says, Consequently, he is able to save to the uttermost. Like as far as you can think, down to the bottom of the ocean. Jesus is able to save to the uttermost. Those who draw near to God through him. Since he always lives to make intercession for them. So Jesus came to bring joy to all people outcast the fearful and everyone no matter what you have done about how far you may be now as we said in the beginning this is good news but only if you got it and there's great joy but only if you try it i think about it this way let me give you a real i got like three different ideas for you to grab onto this this is so important okay the first one is a true nate crew with thing so anybody have a chick-fil-a app chick-fil-a app Man, y'all, y'all are lying. You don't lie in a church, okay? Everybody has, okay, everybody has Chick-fil-A. If you don't have it, I don't understand, okay? So anyways, Chick-fil-A Now, the unique thing about Chick-fil-A is they do give you a lot of free stuff, but the interesting thing about it is it expires very fast. So it's like two days, you know, the free chicken sandwich, like, oh, that's cool. Then you forget, and then three days later, like, where's my free chicken sandwich? It's gone already because it expired in two days. So the other day, I was checking my thing, and I had a free, small, frosted coffee. Okay? I'm like, oh, that's great, man. But it expired the day of. It was a one-day gift. Man, this is real cheap, you know? And somebody's giving me something free, and now I'm mad at them for that. You're meant to be it today. So I go about my day. I didn't have time. I leave somewhere at like 9.30. Chick-fil-A closes at 10. And I'm thinking to myself, man, this expires tomorrow. It's done. But I don't need coffee at 9.30. This doesn't make sense. But if I don't spend it now, it's gone. So now I'm real torn, you know? What should I do? So I begin to drive over to Chick-fil-A. Um, because you got, you know, it's only good if you got, been to drive driver's Chick-fil-A and the line, this could only happen at Chick-fil-A at 930 is to the door. I'm not kidding. And I was like, well, Lord, that's your answer. I guess I'm definitely not standing in that line. But the reason I share that with you is to say it's only good. The good news I received about a free frosted coffee, a free chicken sandwich is only good if I use it. It's not good news just because they told me it's only good if I got it. Or, think about it this way. You know how many unused vacation dates go in the United States? Billions and billions of hours of unused vacation dates and unused gift card dollars. Just $50 gift cards sitting around people's houses under their couches, I don't understand. Gift cards are not being used. Vacation days are not being taken. Somebody said, oh, you got two weeks of vacation. That's good news. Well, it's only good news if you? If you got it, if you use it. Oh, thanks for this $50 gift card. It's only good news if you? Use it if you go to Kohl's or wherever it's for. Chipotle. It's only good news if you use it. And God only gives you joy if you try it. You'll hear me. You can just listen to me all day and say, oh, that was good. Joy. Yes, Lord. And leave from here and get nothing. And be like, what's wrong? And be like, you didn't have it. You didn't take it. It's only good if you got it. It only brings joy if you try it. And so I want to tell you that today because this is important. Look at it as we close right here. It says, glory to God in the highest, on earth, peace, qualification amongst those whom he is pleased. This peace, this joy, this offer is only available for those who choose to follow Christ. It's only available for those who trust in his life, death, and resurrection for their sin. It's only good news if you receive it. It's only good to you if you apply it. And so many of you, your parents got good news. They've told you good news. People around you are bringing you this good news. But it's not good for you because you don't got it. And you're going to die before you do. And it's not going to be good news at that point. That Jesus is Lord overall is going to be bad news for you after that. Because the peace of Christ comes only to whom with He is pleased. And so I want to encourage you to, please, if you don't got it, that's the only way it's good news. You got to receive it. Use it. Apply it. Trust in Christ today. That's what he brought you here for. And for those of you who are in Christ, the joy I'm talking about is only good if you try it. You got to do the things the Lord says. Be in the word. Follow his way. Run away from sin. You can't just hope it just happens. you got to pursue the way of the Lord. And if you try God, it says, Psalm 34, 8, taste and see, the Lord is good. Blessed are those who take refuge in him, i.e., who try it. Blessed are those who try it because he never disappoints. So it's only good if you got it. I want to screen that with the top of my mind so I can say it 10 more times because there's no way, no way everybody in this room has it. There's no way. And the Lord's speaking to you now to say, this is only good news if you take it and your time is limited. So take it, take it now. And for those of you who are just living a standard, joyless Christian life, man, it's only good news if you try it. Only good news if you pursue this way, if you receive this from Jesus. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, we love you so much. We're so thankful for this time in your word. We're so thankful for the good news that you have brought to us. Lord, we just pray, I pray, I pray, I pray that we would receive it, apply it, use it. Lord, that we would take what you want to give us, that we wouldn't just hear about good news, but that we would enjoy good news, that we would follow after you, that there would be many today who turn from their sin and trust in Jesus, that there would be many today who turn from their joyless, boring walk with you and trust in you and pursue the way of joy with you in your presence Lord, I just pray that you would take this good news and that this whole group of people would get it, that we would have it, that we would use it, that we would enjoy it, that we would walk in it. So Lord, would you make us that kind of people? We love you so much. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, amen.